Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio Show 112. Today's show is brought to you by Candace Hunter Creations. Herbal health and lifestyle coaching for families and individuals who want to claim their power through natural health choices. Learn more at CandaceHunter.com. And Ace High Heat Graphics. You can get custom and printed shirts with your logo or artwork for your groups, uh, sporting events, offices, or um, commemorative type activities like a bachelor party. You can get them at acehighheatgraphics.com and Occupy Medical. Occupy Medical is a free integrated health clinic down there in Eugene, Oregon. And you can give us donations. We are a 501c3. You can find our information on www.occupy-medical.org. If you need an ad, a business card, a brochure, a new catalog, hey, even a new website, you can contact Hunter Creation at huntercreation.com where their motto is, yes, they can do that. Um, and now we have our... Um, well, actually, we have one little announcement here. Okay, we do? Go. The Mushroom Festival's oh, coming. Right. They run mushrooms. They run right. mushrooms. Many, many mushrooms. You know how excited the rains come and it's done its job finally. Yep. Oh, my God. I no, thought the dry would never end. Here we are. Yeah, we really need the rain. There's lots of mushrooms happening. And this year, there's a great big festival. In fact, there is. every year, there's a great big festival. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, annual event we have mushroom festival at mount pisgah arboretum in eugene oregon right on the edge it's a real treasure for those of us who live in lane county and it's october 29th and the hours are open to the public 10 to 5 there are over 300 different species of mushrooms out there for people to enjoy and they're identified by the um, cascade mycological society they have vendors and they have books and they have of course mushrooms and there's some pretty amazing hungarian mushroom chowder they have <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking if you don't say it i'm going to that's, that's, oh that stuff is so good. good yep they have music there too local groups are singing and they have walks cool. and they have walks yes you can and there's going to be one particularly fabulous <laughs> famous celebrity herbalist doing a walk that's right well the walks start at 11 and there's one every hour on the hour and the one at noon that i imagine that candace is referring to is by me and this is on herbs and then i'll be looking at some of the mushrooms that i see there and their medicinal qualities because that's my jam but there are other ones too. There's uh, David Wagner has mosses, ferns, and lichens, and there's ecology one, and then of course ones that they just focus on mushrooms. So it's fun. Yeah, it's a fun family day out. Mm -hmm. All right. When you're on that mushroom walk, make sure if you take any photos to tag them with the hashtag the practical herbalist, or well, yeah, can... hashtag the practical yeah. herbalist and make sure that you include the at the practical yeah. herbalist sign so that we know that you're out there doing that so that we can like your photos. That's right. Do a, do a mushroom selfie. Right. Yep. Or do a mushroom you can selfies. do a, yeah. do a, do a, don't tell Sue, but you can do a mushroom live feed too. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord God. That won't make her nervous at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Yep. And, Bring it. I, and I Bring think, it. and I think Mount Pisgah is still where the, they still have cell out there. They still have data out there. So I think you're fine. You can do it. Oh, yes, sell you could. out there, yeah. not sell, sell out. out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, cellular data. Cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think they have LTE. Service. I think they have service, service out there. LTE yeah. service. Okay. service. Yeah. All right. Sounds right. Um, if you are a business in the herbal field and you're looking for a place to promote your 
company or the things yep. that you do, homesteading, homesteading, whatever it is, mm-hmm. become a sponsor of this podcast. It's easy yes. to do. You can go to the practicalherbalist.com slash contact us, I believe, yep. and contact me, Patrick, and we can talk about uh, programs, ad space, and other things that we have to promote your business. Yep. There's yep. a whole lot of people listen to this podcast, so yep. talk to them. Right. Yep. And, us. and I'm going to put my shout out for herbalists who want to join BNI. If y'all are out there, contact me, Candice at Candice Hunter Creations or just Candice Hunter. Candice at CandiceHunter.com. Are oh, you yeah. sure? Both of those emails will work, surprisingly, <laughs> but yes. And finally, <laughs> become an Herbal Nerd Society member for just 17 cents a day. You can have amazing, advanced, and special articles written just for you special podcasts, extended podcasts and interviews from the people that we have on our Real Herbalism Radio show, mm-hmm. and a chance to be part of a really cool group of herbalists. Yep. So yeah, For those of you who don't know, if you looked on our website and you're looking at all you know, the hundreds, we have hundreds and hundreds of articles, but there are a couple you click on and you go, why can't I read that? Well, the reason is that's for our special herb society members. That's yes, when that's how you sponsor us, and that's how you get the more advanced contact. So yes, and we this week it. we do have a special one coming up that I'm not going to tell you too much about. I'm not going to spill the beans. Okay. Yet. All right. If you want to listen to the show and you get to hear learn more about something special for the Herbal Nerd Society folks. So is it a spooky Halloween surprise? I'm not going to say. Okay. Really, okay. I'm not spilling those beans. Okay, no bean spilling. And now, on with the show. Do you have the guts to thrive? It's a question we herbalists find ourselves asking more often than you might imagine. Solid, effective digestion is the key to sustainable, long-term health, as well as healing diseases of many types. Today, we're talking with author, teacher, and clinical herbalist Thomas Easley about his eclectic approach to creating health and well-being in your guts. Now, here are your hosts. Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter and I'm Sue Sierra Lupe and, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Welcome back, Thomas. Hi. So the last <laughs> show was so much fun. I'm glad that you had me back. Oh, I'm excited to have you back. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice that uh, that you had the guts to return. Oh, no. And the podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do I understand right that I get to talk about like poop for thirty minutes? Sure, yes. that- we love poop. We love poop. Yes, herbalists love poop. Isn't that weird? It's, yes. Oh, poop tells you many things, and just the whole the the way that you get medicine is through your digestive system. So, you know, it's 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 all about the plumbing. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. I read recently that if you want to get rid of age spots and liver spots on your skin, mm-hmm. that you should do enemas daily. Oh, you can if you want. I thought that sounded excessive, but. Uh, what's your take on that thomas (laughs) (laughs) oh well i mean to stick with our theme i guess my take on that is there's a lot of shit out there yeah keep it it clean okay so yeah um 
I think that enemas can be therapeutic in extreme cases of constipation, and they definitely do have an influence on the gut microbiota, but they shouldn't be done willy-nilly, and they shouldn't be done by most people because of a whole lot of reasons. But one of those is you want your body to learn how to have uh, regular bowel movements and uh, you want to be able to like increase and decrease bowel movements by the foods that you're eating and their fiber content and how much water you're drinking. And so in extreme circumstances, I'm not opposed to enemas. Uh, and I know that they're really popular and they do like stimulate endorphins and make you feel good. Um, but I don't think they would work on age spots. Like, well, they might, I, I haven't know. read all of the research, out there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty uh, up to date on gut research and I've never read anything that would make me think that age spots had anything to do with that. Well, so, if the, I mean, if age spots really are what this, where I read this was, was proposing is that age spots are when your liver isn't functioning optimally and therefore it's not taking all the toxins out. So your blood pretty much dumps the toxins in the lower layers of your skin. I don't know if that even is um, medically accurate. Um, that but <laughs> doesn't sound physiologically probable to me. Okay. It sounded, um, it sounded a little bit crazy to me, but I wasn't sure. Was it paid for by an enema company? No, surprisingly, mm. no. Well, I mean, the general rule when it comes to health is that if the solution is like too easy and good to be true, it probably is. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, if running some water through your colon would get rid of all of your age spots. Um, yeah. <laughs> Everybody would have been age spotless for the last. I mean, enemas have been popular for a long time. Um, yeah. So I don't think that that's physiologically what's going on though there is some relationships to the um, skin pigmentation melanocytes and the uh, liver function i don't think it's as clear-cut as doing enema to get rid of liver spots that makes sense i think that what really interested me about what you said about not doing enemas was about throwing off the balance the like gut flora yeah oh and gosh. You know, like coffee enemas are really popular, too. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I, I have read, uh, well, coffee enemas work by stimulating bile production and uh, causing the liver to, really, to release toxins. So much in the same vein as, you know, enemas for um, age spots. And uh, interestingly enough, they have actually studied coffee enemas. And uh, drinking a cup of coffee causes more bile release from the liver than doing an enema with a cup of coffee. Aha! Aha! Uh -huh. So to get rid yeah. of your age spots, just drink more coffee. You gotta let go of that <laughs> age spot thing. No. I, I think that coffee is a really nice cholagog. I think it's a good liver stimulant. I it mean, is. Uh, you know, I have a few cups of coffee and a nice, you know, bile colored poop afterwards in the morning so yeah. i'm going to say i'm going to credit the coffee for that We're okay so sponsored by starbucks by the way our listeners want to know what is a bile colored poop 
Uh, so bile is responsible for uh, giving your poo uh, the dark color. So one of the classic signs of bile insufficiency is that your cool that your poo is uh, clay colored um, okay. or or light colored. So uh, the you know darker your 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 fecal matter, assuming that it's not stained with the the beets that you just ate or blueberries. Oh. Uh, the, the darker it is, uh, you know, like brown is good. That means adequate bile production normally. Mm-hmm. So you want your poo to look like a good, strong cup of coffee. Oh. Oh, I don't know kind if of? you just kind of mess no, with coffee for me. That's pretty black. That's pretty dark. <laughs> that's okay. pretty yeah. black. If it's, if Depends it's that on the dark, coffee then I can, yeah, if it's that dark, then I'm, con, you know, concerned, concerned. Uh, about blood uh, somewhere in mm-hmm. the intestinal tract. Yeah. Well, maybe it's yeah. Folgers dark. Folgers yeah, dark, <laughs> aka beige. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here in the Pacific Northwest, we like our coffee black, black, uh-huh. black. That's right, yeah. Pacific Northwest. Yeah. yeah. So Folgers dark is what you're going for. Okay. okay. Yeah. I See, I drink tea. You drink, drink tea, right? All right. We get the bias there, but the the age spot thing—that's mostly just caused by years of uv exposure i don't understand how an enema would take any effect on that that doesn't i'm calling into question the study that you read candace i didn't say it was a study did oh oh oh, okay 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 yeah i I would uh, kind of like half casually throw out there that there's probably at least in my opinion more bad natural health information easily available online than there is good natural health information easily available online i I I agree with you and to what do you credit the reason for that what are you seeing that i mean other than just laziness on Um, the part of some herbalists well, and I, so I don't even know that I want to call laziness the driving factor there. Like, oh. honestly, the the stuff that I see that aggravates me so much uh, right now mm-hmm. is stuff that I was taught and believed early in my practice and has been kind of uh, uncritically parroted for mm-hmm. the last Perpetuated. 30, 30 yeah. years. Yeah. Um, so I would say not laziness, but um, not a emphasis on uh, critical thinking skills uh, in uh, herbalism, but not exclusively herbalism or natural health. I would say that um, uh, lack of cultivated critical thinking skills is probably a, a societal issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe the causes of that are more deep than we want to get into. I don't know. Um, the uh, Our culture is uh, kind of in the ignorance is bliss type thing. Right. And, and uh, money makes a big determination on what gets publicized and what doesn't. Yeah, and uh, money oftentimes determines the quality of education offered. And without quality uh, education, uh, well, without God, mm-hmm. well, I have so many mixed feelings about this. Like I, I did really 
poorly or mediocrely, I guess, in uh, formal education. And, uh, you know, I drank my way through a couple of years of junior college and <laughs> called it quits. Um, and I'm very much like a, a self-motivated learner. And uh, I've always been that way. And it's really weird that I now run like this really formal herb school where we have weekly tests and midterms and finals and sit down 20 hour a week lecture and so it's weird because I would never do what I'm asking my students to do um, because I'm not that type of learner, but it works for some people. Mm-hmm. And I guess all of that to say is that um, the quality of uh, education, in my opinion, should be based around whether the person coming out of whatever the education program is uh, is a free and critical thinker. And, uh, you know, I think that our modern education system is uh, kind of uh, inherently based upon a system designed to do the opposite, which is to, you know, get people complacent so that they could join the French military, from what I understand. We need a diversity of tactics for teaching. It's like a good diet. You Uh, need a diversity of foods. You don't want to just eat meat and potatoes. That's true. Which is kind of what our education system has begun is meat and potatoes, mm -hmm. but no vegetable matter. You need vegetables. You need hands-on. You need book learning. You need, And we have Mm -hmm. a a lot of different – if you just sit down and read Wikipedia and that's your only way of learning, you're going to have a stinted education if you Mm – if if the only way that you're learning about botany is by just from your garden outside your your house you're also going to be stinted you need to have a good diversity so i think you do. that i think that's what uh probably the like the camp setting that you've got you're probably striving for exactly that is this yeah. uh, diversity of education and i know from yeah. my own education that I had to be different ages in order to suck some stuff in. Right. Yeah. And, you know, one of the the biggest things that I try to impart to my students is uh, like never stop questioning. Always ask why. Like if I say something in class that you're like, oh, that doesn't sound right. Call me on it. Mm -hmm. Let's look it up together. Let's, you know, like. I don't think there should be ego in education. And uh, I think for a lot of educators, uh, there there is ego involved. And uh, so a lot of people are resistant to being challenged and to changing their minds. But like, I, I'm very serious when I say if I have not changed my mind on uh, a topic or three by the time I get through with my morning coffee, it's not a good day. All right. So what have you changed when it comes to gut health? What are the what's the evolution? What are the pieces that you've come through on that topic? Well, that's right. We're talking gut health. We're talking gut health. Yeah. So I I was originally trained in very classic neo-Thompsonian physiomedical influence, John Christopher Bernard Jensen style, like my first teacher believed that everybody needed to go on a colon cleanse. Uh, most people needed to go on a parasite cleanse. A lot of people needed to go on a candida cleanse. It was very cleanse oriented as that style of medicine was. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 
I honestly don't want to like totally discount that because uh, as I've learned more about the gut, I've realized that many of the therapies uh, that she gave for people with like air quote toxins uh, were actually therapies that shift the balance of bacteria in the gut. They just do it in maybe a little bit more forceful way than I would now approach things. So I was, you know, originally trained that uh, stimulant laxatives for anybody pooping less than once a day um, and, uh, you know, black walnut and wormwood were good for everybody because everybody had a belly full of worms. And wow. so I now know. <laughs> Yummers. <laughs> yeah. Right. I now know that those things, uh, uh, probably are physiologically accurate. Um, and, uh, I have, uh, kind of some stronger opinions about, um, parasites and parasite cleansing because for, uh, about five years, I did a lot of work in Haiti and was involved with uh, not just uh, integrative uh, medical clinic there, but in massive deworming programs. And I've seen worms crawl out of noses and mouths and anuses. And Ew. Uh, yeah, I know the poor things. Ew. That's awful. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. the worms were fine. Oh yes, yeah. that's what's the. <laughs> oh, God. I wasn't, and, uh, I wasn't ready for that visual. Thanks, Tom. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's pretty, it's pretty intense dealing with that kind of stuff. So well, how did is. you deal with it? Um, do you mean herbally or emotionally? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> oh, okay. I know Honestly. what it's like to have to deal emotionally with that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I do a street clinic myself. So right. you know, just get prepared so, for all kinds of stuff every day. Yeah, so um, I would use albendazole uh, for the deworming programs, uh, but albendazole uh, shouldn't be used in kids younger than two. And so I got to work with a lot of really young children with the parasites. And I, I want to come back to the point that I don't think that worms are necessarily a bad thing, but they can be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, I, uh, got to play around with, uh, you know, herbal glycerites of, uh, classic, uh, anti-parasitic herbs and, uh, see how they work. And, um, what I realized is that, uh, unless you use really big doses combined with like, you know, calorie restriction and laxatives, uh, they don't work great. Um, now they can work. But in a two-year-old or a one-and-a-half-year-old, it's it's difficult. Um, so uh, a lot of times what I was doing is uh, trying to not, like, completely get rid of parasites in kids, but uh, knock them down, uh, knock some of them out, and weaken them until the kid could, uh, you know, get old enough to take a pharmaceutical. effective pharmaceutical antiparasitic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the albendazole is a pharmaceutical, I assume? Yeah, it's a pharmaceutical. Okay. Yeah, and it's incredibly cheap. Um, you know, like I could get three doses for a penny. Oh, wow. Uh, nice. And uh, it's subsidized uh, and uh, cheap and uh, readily available. And interestingly enough, um, there are a number of uh, large-scale changes that happens when countries do uh, deworming programs, for instance, like Japan credits its economic success and growth after World War II to its massive deworming campaign that it did. And uh, there are books written on, you know, the topic showing that uh, 
uh, mental clarity and thought processes improve. And uh, so uh, parasites can be an issue, but I did want to bring it back around to the concept that we very likely uh, evolved with worms as well as uh, bacteria and yeast in our gut. And uh, they've now identified a specific um, branch of the adaptive immune system that only responds to gut worms. And uh, that's uh, it's part of the uh, TH2 response. And uh, they are theorizing uh, that a lack of uh, exposure to uh, parasites might be uh, partially driving uh, the like increased incidence of uh, allergies and autoimmunity because of the balance of the T helper one, T helper two and T regulatory cells. So you're telling me that to get rid of my hay fever, I need to make friends with worms? And now, a word from our sponsor. Hunter Creation is a full-service graphic design studio. They offer design for print, like business cards, brochures, and large-format banners. They also offer design for web, specializing in self-hosted WordPress sites, e-commerce, and single-splash pages. To top it all off, they can get just about anything printed for you at amazing prices whether or not they do the design work. Visit their site at huntercreation.com for more information. Um, I'm not sure if I can go there. No, you you just need an enema. (laughs) 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 There is a lot of studies about people that have autoimmune diseases and they've taken on different kinds of parasites in order to Mm -hmm. deal with that. They're pretty hardcore. It's not something I would would participate in, you know, for seasonal allergies. Yeah, not not for seasonal allergies, but I have had clients that have done the TSO whipworm therapy, which is a a pig whipworm. So it can't live in our gut. Uh, It has no mechanism by which to like attach to our gut lining. It's designed Uh for pigs, Uh, but it stimulates the immune response the same way that any other parasite would. And so they basically uh, hatch, grow for a little bit and are then pooped out. So you have to take the eggs uh, continuously for mm-hmm. their cycles. Uh, and uh, I've had clients do that for uh, asthma. I've had clients do that for um, Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. It's expensive. You know, it's a couple thousand dollars for a full treatment course. But wow. I've, I've seen it work when nothing else would work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm not saying that you need to become mm-hmm. more friends with worms, but maybe uh, like you know, don't wash your root vegetables so well. And uh, next don't time you're stick hiking, them in bleach, don't stick them in bleach. And <laughs> next time you're in an old growth forest, like if you feel the urge and want to take a little pinch of dirt and eat it, it might not be bad for you. Well, oh, listen to you. Okay. Uh, what about some of the other things like uh, yeast or IBS or things like that? Mm-hmm. Chronic fatigue syndrome. I mean, that's all. Oh my gosh. Kind of the yeah. Same thing. Well, it all begins in the gut. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I I think that the mechanism by which most modern diseases manifest is a, a sustained inflammatory process. And there are a number of genes involved in this. Um, but we know that one of the biggest drivers of that is uh, this compound called tumor necrosis factor alpha which upregulates like 400 genes to promote a sustained inflammatory response. So, you know, instead of uh, um, like 
the, the way that I like to imagine it is you slam your thumb in a car door and the inflammatory response is great. It brings yeah, in it white blood you. cells and it, it helps heal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what if like that thumb kind of like went down, but never fully resolved the inflammation process and just kept that dull ache going? Mm-hmm. That sustained inflammatory process is one of the driving factors behind uh, almost all modern diseases. And there's a variety of mechanisms uh, at the root of that. Um, with, uh, you know, stress is a mechanism and mitochondrial damage is a mechanism and all these different mechanisms. But one of the starting places for addressing uh, um, the sustained uh, inflammatory process is, I think, the gut. And the gut is a, a really cool target of uh, intervention um, because so much of uh, the uh, immune system is located in the gut, the gut-associated lymphoid tissue. And uh, <clears throat> our gut-associated lymphoid tissue and our immune system that modulates levels of uh, inflammation via their talking, their chatter via uh, with cytokines, mm-hmm. um, a lot of that has to do with uh, how they perceive their environment in the gut. So when we become dysbiotic, when we have an imbalance of gut bacteria, um, the, the cells, uh, the pyres patches, uh, primarily located in the, um, in the distal end of the small intestines, uh, uh, have, uh, T cells and B cells and our T cells are looking at the imbalance of bacteria and they're looking at nutrients that are coming in and, uh, they're upregulating inflammatory, uh, cytokines in response to this and downregulating, uh, uh, cells that balance the inflammatory response. So and, I love the... Mm-hmm. Oh, and one of the ways people are trying to moderate that is with more prebiotics like plant fibers and then probiotics like the fermented stuff, which yeah, it seems like that's an awakening all over the world about what we need to be putting in our bodies a little bit more. Yeah, I and I think that like... For me, understanding uh, that the food that I'm putting in my mouth via the digestive system and the interaction with the immune system directly affects how I'm going to feel for the next week mm-hmm. was like a, a game changer. It's not just, oh, I'm going to eat this food and I might get fat one day or I'm going to eat this food and I might, you know, like if that food happens to be a box of donuts, I might eventually become insulin resistant. But It's I'm going to eat this food and then my energy levels, my mood levels, my, you know, the way my joints feel when I walk, everything Mm -hmm. is going to be uh, uh, influenced by that was a a big game changer for me because it made me fully recognize that, um, yes, genetics are involved and epigenetic changes are involved, but I have a lot of control over my health by how uh, I treat my gut. Mm-hmm. I heard I heard an interview uh, from the uh, one of the founders of the uh, what is it the American Gut Project or the Human Gut Project and uh, they're mapping out the microbiome of the gut and of the skin and of the mouth and uh, uh, he was talking about foods and he was like, you know, when I go grocery shopping now, I see the, you know, gallon of Haagen-Dazs ice cream. And I think "Mm, that would taste really good. But 
what would my gut bacteria actually want? And then I go over to the vegetable aisle and I stock up on leeks and uh, they love me. Yes. Um, So eat your vegetables, kids. (laughs) Yeah, it's fiber, right? Like Mm -hmm. I I think that's the the prebiotics. I think current guidelines uh, are like 30 grams of fiber a day is uh, suggested by mainstream dietitians, and the average American gets like 10 to 12 grams of fiber a day. Um, So uh, the Masa um, children, the the Masa tribe in Africa, um, uh, the children typically wean from breast milk somewhere between three and five years old. Uh, Within a year of weaning, they average... 60 grams of fiber consumption a day. Mm. How does that compare Adults, with America? Uh, 10 to 12 grams of fiber oh, yeah, a day. I was gonna say. Yeah. And oh. adults, adults there are averaging between 100 and 120 grams. So literally 10 times more fiber a day. So how are they the getting average. that much? Because I mean, I think about what it takes just to eat a mostly vegetable diet. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of vegetables. I mean, that, yeah, that sounds... A- they they eat a lot of uh, fibrous tubers. Um, you know, most of our tubers have been bred uh, to be uh, lower in fiber and higher in digestible starch. And yeah. uh, so they're still eating a lot of uh, tubers and uh, nuts and uh, sometimes barks. And uh, so they're getting a, a lot of fiber out of necessity to get the calories. But um the fiber, which we can't break down and absorb the nutrients from, our gut bacteria can. So not only are they getting that much energy, but they're also deriving somewhere between 30 and 50% of their daily caloric needs from undigestible fiber. Their gut bacteria is breaking it down and is spitting out short-chain fatty acids, which our body can use as fuel. Oh. Huh. Sounds like we need to do some switches here and i'm sure that part of the thing that accelerates the american diet being so bad is we got our uh dysbiosis which is accelerated by all of the antibiotics and our alcohol that we take in which screws up our our gut bacteria our meat and potato diet our meat and potato diet yeah our our donut and a coke diet Mm -hmm. you know all of yeah. that stuff doesn't make it any better. And uh, I, I would add to that our stress and our rampant nutrient deficiencies. Mm, um, yeah. yeah, we see a lot of malnutrition in the in the clinic that I work in. Yeah, well, I, you know, our clinic serves rural Appalachia, and uh, we see a lot of uh, malnutrition here. I <clears throat> didn't expect to see scurvy, but I have. Oh, I have too. Um, oh, yeah. yeah right. Mm-hmm. You'd think and, all them pirate uh, diseases that's, that stays on the ship. No, it's right here on the land, right here yeah. in America. But my, my practice in South Alabama and Florida, I worked with uh, like – I always did a sliding scale and worked with <clears throat> some low-income people. But I also worked – I've worked with like wealthy people with fairly decent diets that had uh, weird deficiencies. Hmm. What? Like wow. I've – um. I've seen three cases now of uh, full-blown berry-berry in uh, in non-alcoholic, non-drug-using, like, adequate calorie consumption people. Well, my guess is that that has a lot to do with the nutrient deficiency we have in our soil, which we're growing our vegetables in, 
So the vegetables mm-hmm. don't even have the same nutrients they once did. Yeah, and you know the digestive system is tricky in that um, once we become nutrient deficient, it becomes more difficult to absorb nutrients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You know, we talk a lot about stomach acid in herbalism and how bitters are great for that. Stomach acid is arguably uh, the most or one of the most high energy processes in the body. Like half of the volume of our gastric parietal cells is mitochondria because they require that much energy to produce hydrochloric acid. And uh, so uh, any nutrient required for mitochondrial energy production, which would be uh, B1, B2, B3, B5, uh, iron, copper, magnesium, more B1, B2, and then we shift over to CoQ10 to get it out of the Krebs cycle. I'm just kind of going through the Krebs cycle in my head. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of nutrients required to produce energy. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, one thing that I see fairly commonly is like um, iron deficient anemia, right? It's super prevalent. Premenopausal women, uh, uh, one out of five will be uh, iron deficient anemic according to the official guidelines. And iron deficiency uh, without anemia occurs much more frequently than that because you start getting symptoms of iron deficiency once ferritin drops below 30, but you don't actually see changes in red blood cells till it gets to around 10. So people with uh, iron deficiency will have lowered mitochondrial output and lowered stomach acid, but you require stomach acid to absorb, to break down and absorb iron. Mm -hmm. So they get into this vicious cycle of nutrient deficiency induced poor digestion and uh, trying to reverse that or or reversing that uh, is, uh, I think, an essential part of uh, helping support the whole digestive process. Yeah. It all comes around together. It really does. I really appreciate you uh, coming and talking to us about that. Um, People can get a hold of you. You got a website there, the Eclectic School of of Herbal Medicine. Are we getting this right? Yep, that's right. Eclecticschoolofherbalmedicine.com. Nice. And I want to remind the listeners that uh, Thomas Easley has a book out called The Modern Herbal Dispensary which is a medicine-making guide. Oh, dispensatory. dispensatory. Oops, sorry. sorry. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not a pharmacy. It's a, yeah, how to how to make it. And uh, you've got other stuff coming up that we're excited to hear, another book that you're working on, and you have a class uh, that you've uh, been cycling through in your beautiful uh, multi-acre uh, former Boy, Boy Scout camp or... or no, 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 penal, it's not penal, penal, penal colony. colony for teens. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of yeah. like Boy Scouts, but <laughs> kind of like yeah, Boy Scouts, kind of yeah. like it. <laughs> different uniforms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to let us know about before we uh, let you go? Yeah, I've got tons of uh, class offerings on the website, and uh, I'm on Facebook, and uh, I really should be on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Snapchat and all of these other things that y'all are great at social media-wise, but I'm not. But I am on Facebook, and I have a website, so uh, check me out, send me a message, say hi. 
All we'll right. Make sure that those links are in the show notes. Yeah. And then for you fellow Herbal Nerd Society folks, you'll get an opportunity if you log on to hear further conversation with Thomas and us on gut health. Yeah. Yeah. This conversation will continue for our our uh, Herbal Nerd Society members. But uh, for those of you that aren't, you still have a chance to jump in on that one. It's a lot of fun. We have a focus on a different herb every single month and we get pretty in depth on it. So, you know, if you're interested in this stuff, you're taking it seriously. Well, we're there for you. Well, it's not just that. I mean, you have advanced herbalism uh, articles that you're not going to find on the regular site. True. There's clinical memoirs from Yusu. There's mm-hmm. uh, family, herbal family herbalism. Herbals. There's, uh, we're going into depth a lot more uh on these topics inside the society that uh, if you're into it, like Sue said, then this is where you want to be to get this stuff. And I think that a lot of herbalists, we throw terms around a lot. And one of the things we've been trying to be really good at is give some um, good definitions of what these terms mean and some of the chemistry to make it more, uh, uh, I don't know, pliable for folks so that they feel like they're, they're learning more and they're able to see the connection between the herbs and how it turns into medicine and uses in our body. Plus we get to have special exclusive conversations with cool people like I Thomas Easley. Herbal Nerd Society members get to join in on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we were talking earlier about how like poor the quality of good uh, information is out there on the internet. And it sounds like the Herbal Nerd Society is the place to find high quality herbal knowledge. That's right. It is. Yeah. Thank you very much. Aww. It's a wonderful way of saying it. For discerning herbalists. Thank you, Thomas. Hmm. Thanks for having me. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. They're not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication. Or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem, any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.